0: Welcome back to the DC3Cast. I am Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We're going to be talking about the DC Comics release on November 13th, 2019. And we're going to start with the second of the Hill House books, The Dollhouse Family. Um, This book is reuniting the team behind friend of the show, Walter Richardson's favorite comic, probably of the past decade, or maybe the decade before that, The Unwritten. Mike Carey and Peter Gross. Um, what did you guys think of this uh, first issue? Oh, Zach, why don't you start? Mm,
1: I think. Oh, man. I think I may have liked it better than Basketful of
0: Heads. Ooh. You are Maybe. high, my friend.
1: I think I did. Just I. I mean, I really liked Basketful of Heads, but I felt like... Okay, so I really liked the tone that Basketful of Heads set, but I felt like this was a stronger first issue in terms of setting up a concept and a, and getting everything rolling. Um, I will say that if the story hadn't had that... Um, flashback interlude to the past with the the explorer um i'm trying to remember his name um it's like it's joseph joseph kent Kent. yeah yeah um i think that was definitely the most interesting aspect to me and kind of how that related to the present day storyline um but i just i really liked it i liked it conceptually i liked the the bit with the black room um, yeah i i really liked this a lot um and and it's kind of funny you know this one is not done by joe hill and, I, and we talked about how uh Basketful of heads had kind of a stephen king-esque vibe um but i i felt like this less explicitly had that as well. The, the opening section reminded me a lot of it um, for, for, you know, anybody familiar with it um, and the origin of it, I guess. And um, I thought that like balancing kind of the everyday mundane stuff with the, the family with kind of the supernatural mystery of the Joseph Kent exploration is also like a very, Stephen King-esque horror trope. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I I liked this a lot. I'm gushing.
0: Vince, what would you think?
2: Well, I didn't like it as much as uh, Basketful of Heads, and I think the reasons why are pretty simple. Um, I guess I don't really disagree with anything you say, Zach, except that... Yeah, the 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 stuff exploring the past was definitely the most interesting. The the thing that dragged it down a little bit was the like modern aspect of the story, which I guess takes place in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, anyway, so modern is relative term, but um, the the stuff with like the bad dad uh, and like the the lonely, afraid daughter, who's like the main character. Um, that stuff was way over the top in a way that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like that stuff happens for sure. And there are people like that definitely, but I feel like it was presented in a way that didn't really feel original and, um, it was, it was a cliched depiction of, troubles at home you know and that's
1: a good point i he is kind of cartoonishly evil
2: way over the
0: top that, that was my big takeaway from this too is that you know to bring another stephen king sort of reference in here one of the things that really works when you read the shining is that you see this this man slowly going mad when you watch the shining Jack Nicholson's the craziest person you've ever seen on screen from the second you see him and I feel like this would have been much more effective if the dad started off normal and then you saw him get more and more violent or shitty or whatever but it, it's it's hard to take him being it's hard to take him seriously almost because he is such a cartoonish over the top portrayal of what an of what an angry dad looks like mm-hmm
2: yeah. And I'm a big fan of uh of Unwritten as well. Um and I just feel like this doesn't reach those heights either in, in either the art or kind of the subtlety of the writing. So it was it was a little bit of a letdown. Except I I didn't hate it and I don't think it's a bad comic um i just didn't love it and i'm not i'm not like salivating for the next issue the way that i am with basket full of heads like i i want to read issue two of that right now and this one is one of those where i can i can easily see falling off of this with issue two the way that i have um some of the sandman universe books which i, I i'd like to revisit someday but like that they're not grabbing me in a way that I need to read it right now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um that that's just kind of the way I feel about
0: this. I mean, you you pretty much just perfectly summed up my feelings uh on this book. I thought there were some interesting bits to it. Unlike you guys, I actually did not think the exploration into the past was the most interesting part. That kind of kind of bored me actually. Um mm. but I think that what I really like about genre comics and genre fiction in general is that there are so few new concepts, but I like to see how people play with those concepts. And this is basically like Indian in the Cupboard, right? Uh, or or any other, you know, uh, toy come to life type story. But there's obviously an interesting different twist on it. And so I, I really enjoyed that part of the story. I thought it was a. I thought it was a good start if you can take away the cartoonish, terrible dad stuff. And again, like Vince said, I don't want to make light of, of this, of of these things because these terrible things do happen in the world. It's just that it felt, it felt so cliched and over the top that I think it lost some of its effectiveness, um, because of how, how just over the top bad it was. Uh, it also, I, I actually laughed at one of the first pages where um, where the mom basically said that she didn't even know she had a great aunt. And she was bequeathed this. And I feel like that's just such a classic horror trope as well. I, I didn't mind that. I thought it was a funny, you know, a funny um, addition to the story there. But yeah, overall, this didn't do all that much for me. I, I thought it was pretty good. I'll definitely be reading the second issue. But like Vince said, I, unless something really changes... I don't know if I'll ever read past that second issue.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's interesting, Vince, that you said that you are more excited to read the next issue of Basketful of Heads because I think like, despite the issues that this comic does have, I, 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 at, at the end of this comic, I did feel more compelled to read the next issue of this than I think that I did at the end of Basketful of Heads. Even though I really enjoyed it too, it just... I, I guess just differences in taste, like and like, I, I found this a little bit more compelling at the end of the issue than I did Basketful of Head. So I guess that would be like the main difference. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: Uh, um, yeah. N- nothing wrong with that.
1: No. It, did you guys notice this uh, chapter two of Sea Dogs? Um, I wonder if that's something that we should go back and check out because I don't think that is in our review copies no No. so
0: Sea Dogs is the um, the book that is the the story rather that is running through the back matter for all of these books interesting Um, so I don't know if if maybe we can hunt down copies to see that but yes yeah I do think I was going to say I think it's interesting that um, I like the slow rollout we're getting for these books Of one a month for the next, you know, at least four months. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the problems with the Sandman Universe books is they asked us to jump on four books at once. And that's just, that's a tough sell for anybody. So I hope that these books fare better than those in terms of keeping my attention because of the slow rollout. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's um, let's move over to the finale of Event Leviathan, Event Leviathan number six, written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Alex Maleev. Um, this is a really weird last issue of a, of an event. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's uh,
1: not a standalone story.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, You'd almost think that, wouldn't you?
1: Um, you would almost think that when it says continued in action comics <laughs> 1018.
2: Now now before um, we get before we get too far into this, I just want to remind everybody that wasn't one of our criticisms of the first couple issues of this that all this information was in uh you know like action comics and that event Leviathan uh one-shot and it spent the first couple issues kind of regurgitating information and the explanation was, well, someday this is going to, uh, you know, this event is going to be there on the shelf and it's just going to be those six issues. And maybe also that preview, that one shot. And, uh, it's gotta be standalone (laughs) and how can it be, you know, like who's now, now you're not going to be able to pick up the event Leviathan hardcover and understand the whole story by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. No. So that makes the time-wasting in the first couple issues even worse.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll add to that. This is an issue that is six issues worth of information in one issue. Yes! If this had been doled out <laughs> equally over six issues, it would have been a far more enjoyable miniseries. Yes! Yes! It's, uh... It also... I.
1: Thinking about, like, kind of where Action Comics has been... Over the last few months, while Event Leviathan is running, this could have just been happening in Action Comics. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um,
2: I because, think they I mean, wanted what... to do the Bendis Maliv thing and make uh-huh. it special. But yeah, keep going, yeah. sorry. Well, no,
1: I was just saying, I mean, I, I, I'm trying to, like, what has been happening in Action other than, I guess, like the Naomi stuff, um, which could have happened you know, before or after, after this. Yeah. I mean, I, it's obviously, you know, marketing, publishing initiatives, there's reasons behind these things, but yeah, this is not a a satisfying event um, necessarily, but I I will say there are are parts of this issue that I really, really dug. Before we get
0: into that, I just want to say that if you look up the solicit for action comics 1018 it's uh metropolis doom part two <laughs> so i don't know if all of that is bullshit or awesome. if the plans changed or what but it's very interesting cool yeah love yeah. it yeah I love um, everything about it no i agree like i even though i think the event was a
2: as an event was a bit of a letdown and, and doesn't really make sense as a six issue <laughs> miniseries event i there's a lot of it that I liked, and I liked this issue well enough. Now, Brian, you alluded to there's enough in this issue to fill out several more issues, and that's true. The the most egregious example is Babs's whole thing. Yes. <laughs> <'Cause> like <laughs> yes. there's one panel where she shows up and uh and Bendis is like, uh
0: Background made her move from inside the organization. We were able to extract her. (laughs)
2: Okay, all right. What was she doing this whole time? How did she accomplish that? You know, like these are all things we would have liked to see, I'm sure. Um, That part was very silly. But um, I got to say, I like the Mark Shaw Manhunter reveal. I bought it. Um, I like uh,
1: it. Did either of you guys think he was kind of pulling a, a almost like Ziggy Stardust type. He he looked very Bowie-esque to me. He and, and the colors of his hair are very Ziggy reminiscent.
0: Oh, that's interesting, yeah. The one thing yeah. I will say against that is that Ziggy played guitar. Well, <laughs> so. we don't know that Leviathan doesn't. <laughs> that's, that is true. <laughs> that would be a great cut scene in the middle, just him like struggling to learn a new chord or something in his bedroom. Yeah. Hey, um, don't put it past Bendis. He will do that. That is that is. <laughs> he'll, absolutely
2: he'll, he'll take true. several pages to show Mark shot learning how to play
0: suffragette Smoke on the city Mars. or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just
1: I just want him to appear in the in the Daily Planet one day. Just pop in and and say something like you know we're not going to talk about Judy.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. Uh. So, yeah, I, I have to say I really enjoyed 90% of what was on the page in this comic. The The sort of structure of the event and all that had me slapping my forehead a little bit. But in terms of a comic, this is a pretty good Bendis comic. And I'll say this, I think I, I am a big fan of Bendis bringing together all of these various characters... I love the sort of two detective teams and the little bit we get with them this time. Mm -hmm. I like all of that stuff. And I think there are even some interesting mysteries that Bendis sort of lays out here. I just don't understand why this was structured the way it was. Yeah, no. (laughs) Maybe we never
1: will. I don't know.
2: Yeah, Um, probably not.
1: I, I, yeah, I do think it was really interesting that he. I don't. I don't really know if the Manhunters have always been like this. I'm far more familiar with the Green Lantern robot incarnation of the Manhunters, like compared to the right. human Manhunters. Same. Ha, ha, have they been connected before, or is that a new thing?
2: Uh, have they been compared to Green Lanterns?
1: No, I mean like like have the the like robotic manhunters, you know, no man escapes the manhunter been associated or and are are they connected to like the Kate Spencer manhunter, the Mark Shaw manhunter? Have, have those been connected before? Yes.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. And I think I want to say it specifically happened in the Mark Shaw incarnation, the one that we're seeing here, because okay. the original the original manhunter was Paul Kirk. And that was a Jack Kirby. I think it was Kirby, not Kirby and Simon. I think it was just Kirby. Um, And that I don't think, if I remember correctly, had anything to do with. And then Mark Shaw came along, I think, in the 80s, maybe around the Suicide Squad time. And I believe there was some link at that point to the Green Lantern robot Manhunter, No Man Escapes the Manhunter's uh, characters. I'm 99% sure about that. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah. I I thought that that was interesting, though, um, you know, bringing all of that together. um, Because for a minute I thought, like, okay, Bendis is kind of going to make this, like, go cosmic and be a bigger uh, like open the scope on this even more and then he kind of didn't you know it Mm -hmm. it kind of seemed like it was going to go there and then it it came back down a little bit which which was fine i thought it was still good um and and i kind of hope it's something that he explores a little bit more later and i thought it was a really good explanation for why leviathan has been portrayed the way he has
0: Mm mm-hmm go into that more zach
1: well, they're just kind of talking about like the Manhunters being like the proto Green Lanterns, and essentially just kind of being this peacekeeping organization at any cost, and that's you know very much what Leviathan has been. Um, I I didn't quite get or know what i was supposed to think about kate spencer's place and all of this it kind of made it seem like she was supposed to be like a sleeper agent but she actually really never did much of anything i don't what was what was your read on that
0: i think they were setting her up to be more of a patsy in terms of taking the blame for all of this uh-huh. than a sleeper agent okay vince what did you think
2: Um, I don't know because because now I'm confused about if if Kate Spencer's manhunter tech came from the manhunters. Do they explain? I I may be forgetting. Did they ever explain how she got it in this storyline, in this I version of her? Oh, I
1: think I well, I kind of feel like it's really taking for granted everything that's come before like, pre-Flashpoint. Yeah. It like, I feel like when this story started, it I, it gave the impression that she had just, you know, stepped away from Manhunter for a long time, and now she's coming back to it.
2: That's what it seems like, too. And so... So... So, so let's assume that the pre-Flashpoint stuff happened, right?
0: Right. hmm
2: Then I think it's more like she maybe is a sleeper agent who didn't realize it or something. Because at one point she's like, I, I have a kid. I shouldn't be here. I should, you know, almost like, like, what have I gotten myself into?
0: Yeah.
2: I don't know.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It was that. weird. And something about her staff, like blocking like, Leviathan signal or something. I thought that was all kind of a little muddy.
0: Mm-hmm. This whole issue was a little muddy. It was enjoyable, but it was muddy.
1: Yeah, well yeah, kinda of going off of that, there's that there's that set of uh two facing pages that where everyone's talking in sign language. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is and clever. It was clever but I thought it was a little confusing at first, even though, you know, the the panels going all the way across are connected by little bars. Mm-hmm. I was still kind of at first like, okay, am I supposed to read this across pages? Or am I supposed to go like, you know, one, two, then down to the next two, then down to the next two? Because you could almost sort of, I tried reading it both ways, actually, and it neither one made more or less sense to me, really.
2: <laughs> well, um, Bendis, Bendis does that thing I, that he likes doing where like, other characters will interject
0: with yeah. uh, and that makes with, it hard like, to tell.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he does that even with the sign language, which is very strange. Like it was a very weird thing to read. I think I I think I got it mostly figured out, but there there would be like a character coming in and like signing as if they're interrupting the two characters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that made it confusing. I but I thought it was a clever idea. Again, it was like it was like 80% of the way to a good execution of an idea much, much like this entire issue.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, There's an interesting thing that, so at first I thought that this series, you know, I think, I think I've compared this event before to like Bendis's earlier events at Marvel, like, uh, Secret War, not Secret War, Secret Wars.
2: Secret War. no. Uh. Secret,
1: Secret War. Se- Secret, Secret War. Yeah, because Secret Wars is the original. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. Secret War. The, the five issue with, uh, I can't remember who did the art. Um, that was
2: Gabriel Delato.
1: That's right, yeah, yeah. Comparing it to that, but then also a little bit with, um... House of M, sort of. Mm -hmm. And and I thought that this was going to take a House of M turn where, uh, you know, the parallel to the No More Mutants thing would be Leviathan releasing this truth bomb, which I guess would actually be kind of more like Original Sin if you want to compare to Marvel (laughs) uh, events. But I I thought that that's where it was going to go. And I thought that's like, okay, so that's how we're going to get to this. You know, we'll talk about this here in a little bit. But, you know, recently, uh, you know, Bendis has been talking about how he's going to reveal Superman is going to reveal his identity. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, okay, that's how we're going to lead into this. But then it didn't happen, Um, which I thought I thought was an interesting choice to leave that hanging. Um, It definitely seemed like it was the low hanging fruit to make this event feel status quo
0: altering. Right, but I think, and we'll get to Superman in a little while, I think that's going to be examined way more in Superman than in action.
1: I I think so, too, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So, uh, I have a question for you guys. It's just probably because I don't remember issue five all that well. Deathstroke is seen carrying somebody's body wrapped in a blanket. Is that Sam Lane he's carrying? No, I don't. What page is that? It's on the double page spread on page 11 in our reader. Where uh, the question says the other detectives, but then we get another panel of just showing Deathstroke holding this body. Maybe it is. I feel like that's weird. It's never really addressed after that. That's a good point. Uh, I
2: don't know. Yeah, honestly. I don't.
0: I don't know either. I can't remember. <laughs> And then I can't remember—is that supposed to be Constantine with them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the there's vo- no the voice jokes isn't... in this issue, so it's I, I yeah. can I can see why you wouldn't <laughs> be able to tell. No, I just from that one image because it kind of looks like um, one of the uh, one of the one of the detective brothers from Starman. Um, oh. Well, Which nobody one? cares about Starman, so you. yeah, I'm exactly. Starman, I'm
2: kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think it's interesting that that the that Guardian, the Jim Harper version of Guardian, is palling around with, yeah, Mark Shaw, and it makes me it makes me wonder because Guardian is another Kirby
0: character. Um, this now, Guardian is not.
2: Yeah, n- no, this Guardian is, isn't it? I think.
1: I thought it was this one, James Harper.
2: Yeah. Yep. This Manhunter is not. But, right, but... Manhunter is a Kirby character.
1: Although, although, if this is building on uh, pre-New 52 continuity, um, it, you know, in the lead up to the spectacular New Krypton era, it was revealed that the current jim harper i think is a clone of the
0: original well we knew that back in like that the superman era yeah but
2: anyway we,
0: yeah. we did
2: yeah oh that's <laughs>
1: weird because they did that whole issue like there was like a whole jimmy olsen issue where they like i felt like they had that as like a revelation
0: in 1971, Harper remained Cadmus's head of security, even after the former newsboys had left. Eventually, he too was killed, although another clone was created and rapidly aged to adulthood, retaining all his <laughs> predecessors' memories. So basically, well, that they re- landfilled him there. Well,
1: I, I'm just saying, like, I, maybe I'm misremembering then, because I felt like there was an issue that had, like, some kind of, like, subtle retconning of his, uh, of his origin Infinite around Crisis, that time.
0: The Guardian's clone backstory was retconned as, That's- yeah. That's maybe that's what I'm remembering. Yeah.
2: Okay. Anyway, why I'm bringing this up is because I think it's interesting that they're pairing, uh, the Jim Harper version of Guardian with Manhunter, who Mark Shaw is not the Kirby version, but it makes me wonder if this is Bendis doing like cobbling together some of those old Kirby characters that that aren't used anymore these days into like a current continuity story and maybe in future uh, issues of the Leviathan storyline or wherever this is going. I'm wondering if we'll see more of those. Um, or if, if Paul Kirk, like the original Manhunter is running around somewhere doing something or if that's, or Or if he's just, like, not a thing anymore.
0: See, I had a totally different take on it, but I think it sort of dovetails nicely with yours, which is that I was just presuming that this Jim Harper Guardian was the clone one. Okay. And so we're getting the second iteration of Manhunter along with the second iteration of Guardian. Oh, okay. And if this is, like, a, uh, you know, a uh, sort of that, that lost generation in the middle type story, you know, sort of what he's doing with, with Young Justice, too, you know, they're not quite Teen Titans, they're not quite originals, they're this in-between stage. Um Sure. And I, I think that Bendis has talked about how he likes that part of DC, you know, all those legacy characters. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Well, so do I.
0: Yeah, me too, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, um, I don't think one of us is right or wrong, those two things could be connected as well. Oh, sure. but I... Th- See, the this muddies the water
1: even more. You got I'm reading that wiki and okay, no, that was the Oh man, the Guardian's so messed up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's so he's so wacky. Brian, I was just thinking about this in the in the I think we forgot this the last time we uh had our obligatory talk about Justice Lee uh James Robinson's Justice Lee. The Guardian was part of it? The Guardian was departed at the yep. beginning. Yep. Just the Weirdest. Now
2: now wait a minute cuz cuz I don't really remember that run very well. Was it was it the Jim Harper Guardian or was it when Mal Duncan was Guardian for a little while?
0: I believe it was it Jim was, Hunter.
1: Yeah, it, it was because because that was when Robinson was coming off of the Justice League books or actually may have still been writing them and was kind of tied in cuz that's why Monel was in it because you may remember that robinson's monel was superman for a little while in in uh
2: that's right war of the superman and,
1: yeah in one fire. of the superman books that he was writing for a while
0: yeah
1: i can't remember now i think i think it was superman because action was um the fire bird and night wing or something and fiber fire, yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah um yeah <laughs> I'm uh, I am currently prepping my James Robinson Justice League bind to Zach, so I have all this stuff literally right <laughs> next to me here. So yeah. The, so good. Uh, you the guys cover are the cover of the first trade of that book. The team is just everyone take a deep breath here, okay? Get ready for it. We got Kongorilla, Donna Troy, Mon Batman, Dr. Light. Green Arrow, The Atom, Cyborg, Guardian, Starfire, and Hal Jordan. Wow. That that all changes very quickly. Uh, But that was sort of the original team there. Um,
1: Yeah. Um, Circling back really quick, back around to the Jack Kirby thing, I, I think that that actually... I think I like that idea because Bendis seems to rightfully be really into Kirby. You know, he had the original OMAC in
2: uh millennium mm-hmm. and um that'd be great if we got Omac and we got newsboy legion and uh-huh.
0: all that stuff mark my yeah. words bendis will write the newsboy legion in the next year <laughs>
2: yeah i yeah.
1: could see it i could see it and, um... and the
2: dialogue balloons will just cover the page <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah well i mean he's kind of
1: hitting on all of the across all of his superman stuff he's kind of hitting on all of the things that i like really associate as kind of the best superman stuff um you know i i all of the you know having the guardian and then newsboy legion and then that all like having to do with like star labs and stuff which he you know we'll talk about star labs here in a minute um Uh, It does kind of seem like he's rolling out sort of like the greatest hits of the, like, Kirby, Superman, tangential
0: stuff. Well, so it's interesting. Every, like, 10 years or maybe 20 years, all that stuff comes back into vogue. Like, everything that you mentioned was big during the death of Superman.
1: Right, right. And And then, I mean, it kind of came back in around the new Krypton era. Exactly. And now it's coming back in again.
0: It just seems like this is... Writers get really interested in this stuff and then decide it's too complicated and abandon it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know. So we'll see when Ben or, does or they reboot that.
2: the entire uh, universe. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which may happen again
0: here. five G, baby, five G,
2: five G, baby. That's that's five G, baby. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one last thing with the Ben Leviathan for me. Um, Mark Shaw Manhunter is actually Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Look. Look, all want peace. He, he, you're. He says you're fighting to keep things. You're fighting to keep things the way they are. It's the freaking Democratic primary.
0: All right. so yeah. if, if if Mark Shaw is Bernie Sanders, then is well Babs is obviously Warren in that case. Uh, then who is Guardian? Guardian must be. Is he? Is he Andrew Yang? <laughs> no, all those clones of the Yang game
2: guardians like AOC, then because yeah, let's let, let's let's drop it here. Because I... <laughs> uh, I just want you to say, look, look, let, let
0: me be very clear. Private corporations, all right. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move over to Far Sector number oh, one, baby. uh, written by <sighs> NK Jemison. Illustrated by Jamal Campbell. So you ready for my hot take of the week?
2: Uh, you're not. Oh, gonna, I don't
0: know if I we're, am we're ready. We're gonna
2: shut this show down. If you do it, I think you're gonna do it. No.
0: I thought this was fine. I uh, here's my listen, here's my here's my take, alright? I am surprised this is as normy as it is. Oh, come on.
1: Oh, I don't know if I think this is normy.
0: It's it's kind of C S I Green Lantern.
1: No, not really. It's kind of
0: CSI Green
1: Lantern. I okay. don't. I I I mean, only in like the the like thinnest stretch. I think. I think it's more just like. I mean, Green Lanterns are cops. Sure. I, I look. I'm not saying this is bad. I. M- this is like sci-fi fantasy cops with like three
0: weird races that are like really crazy and unique and uh, I enjoyed like... I enjoyed all of this. It just felt safer than I thought it was going to be. That's my hot take. Mm-hmm. Which isn't even that hot. I still enjoyed this. It just it was it feels safer than I thought it would be. I
2: mean it's aside from Morrison stuff which is doing so The thing I think is funny is that Grant Morrison pitched the Green Lantern as returning the Green Lantern the idea of the Green Lantern core to like procedural police work. Uh-huh. And then, like immediately <laughs> not <at> immediately all. <laughs> drop that after like the first issue or two. Uh, and this book does exactly that. yeah, which which, which here's the thing. You're right, Brian. This is like a procedural like CSI is a fair comparison, although I think I think there are things about comic books and about, the green lantern I, fiction i'm best. half
0: bullshitting that but you understand what i know I'm saying.
2: i know i know yes i understand what you're saying and, and and you're right i just think that this is a really great version of that but but we'll get into that i think that there's so many different valid interpretations of the green lantern uh mythos that like saying that they have to be one thing or another and i'm not saying you're doing that is folly. Like I think the John's interpretation is just as valid as the Morrison is just as valid as this sort of grounded police procedural approach. I think it's refreshing to get back to this and to, to, it seems like it's going to stick with that. Now we we don't know. I mean, things could change in an issue or two, but if it follows this thread, it's, it's a really down to brass tacks version of that. With a weird alien twist with some great Jamal Campbell art that will, you know, enhance that and make it much, you know, bigger than what it is. Um, so I think, like, you're not wrong when you say that, but in a way, like, a version of Green Lantern that was like this is something that I have wanted for a while, and this is scratching that itch that I thought. Like, Morrison scratches my itch, but in a completely different way than I thought it was
0: going, you know? Sure. Um, uh, what, what I will say to that is, I found everything that wasn't the Green Lantern the more interesting parts of this.
2: Uh, I...
0: Like, at the alien races, I really enjoy those different alien races. I really enjoy the sort of weird history of, of all of their... Like you know, being essentially in in unison, uh, uh, adapting and changing in unison, and then the the evil empire coming in and changing that. I loved all of that. I just felt that the character itself was a bit safer than I wanted. It felt like it felt like this could have been one of many Green Lanterns.
2: Well, it is um you understand what i'm saying though <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i understand what you're saying zach no. you want to jump in here i mean well, the thing that i want to s- highlight though is that it's very clear that there's backstory to this lantern that that we don't get yet it's only hinted at there's that character that's giving her the ring and says i'll give you one ring one year to test the ring and make your mark on it and Before
0: 5g happens <laughs> yeah well and that's the rumor uh, the
2: rumor is, yeah, and I hope that that's true, because because the other thing I wanted to say is that this this Green Lantern, Joe Moline, 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 I don't know how to pronounce that last name, but anyway, this character is already more interesting to me than anything that's been done with Simon Baz or Jess in the last five years.
1: For sure, 100%.
0: But she doesn't carry a gun. But, <laughs> that's gonna best, be the best of issue two
1: yeah <laughs> b- best new green lantern since kyle rayner i guess
0: Sorenick yacht soren sure
1: no i think my point still
2: stands Ooh. anyway anyway yeah great just great visual design first of all jamal campbell how many times have we said this on our show but best work of jamal campbell's career. But I feel like I say that every time he's on a new book, like so I just think he line. just like a he just keeps topping he just keeps topping himself, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's
1: <laughs> there's really not. Um, yeah, it looks so good. Her design is so cool, and and some of the design things that he does, like um, you know, when we first see her, she has that construct poncho on mm-hmm. to like protect her from the rain, which is. Such a cool, smart design. A lot of the construct stuff in this.
2: When in she this makes the chair, cool. there's the and there's like the little construct alien that sits in it. Yeah,
1: which seemed like it was an accident. Yeah, um, it, she's
2: that. That's like uh, to me, to me. I read that as she's not 100 percent in control of what she creates just yet. Yeah, and that was like a moment of kind of embarrassment that that happened. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I this may be my hot take. I think that just comparing the first issues of this and Morrison's the green lantern. I think I like this better.
2: I think I might too. And I never thought I would say that. I didn't
0: either. I think I might. This Um, is a Trinity situation. Just saying. No, (laughs)
2: I'm comparing
1: one issue to one issue is all I'm doing. Um, fun fact uh the alien language in this is the same font that's used for dupes language and oh man in ecstatics because i just recently reread that and recognized it uh-huh. um so i thought that was funny um yeah no i think that this is cool uh i think this is so cool um uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to read more of this. Can
2: can I can I say something bold?
1: Dude, please do.
2: I I wouldn't be surprised and I don't know anything. I don't know anything more than what I read on Bleeding Cool. But I wouldn't be surprised if DC looked at how this turned out or maybe the first couple issues and they said cuz I Rich I think intimated that there was a different plan for the Green Lantern five we're talking about this as if it's real which we have no idea <laughs>
0: none of this yeah. is going to be real but yeah. that's okay
2: yeah but like he intimated that it was going to be some other situation with green lantern and that that may have changed to being this green lantern taking over and it would not surprise me if dc read the early returns on this and said we need to put this like this is going to be our next big green lantern and I think if that's true and it, and it does shake out that way, that is so smart on their part because this character is immediately, like, the costume and everything, 10 out of 10, <laughs> attractive to the eye, just so cool. Character has a great personality, I think, um, and I think N.K. Jemison is like your, uh, you know, like Marvel gets a lot of uh, prose novelists to come write for them lately. And I think like, this is them doing what Marvel does. And I think, um, I was surprised with this issue because I've read, I've read creators that try to switch from prose to comics and they struggle at first, or there's a there's some hiccups because the writing style is different. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel an ounce of that, even though there were references, like it's very clearly written by a novelist because there's like, certainly she's not the only one that's ever done this, but like there's, there's reference, there's literary references made and there's narrative reference. There's like um meta textual narrative references
0: made to like telling a narrative, but the same it, literary reference. I just want to say that was referenced on Watchmen this week.
2: Oh, Oh, interesting. Mm. Um, but anyway, like as far as writing a comic book as a comic book, I think she does an incredibly seamless job um, making it feel like she's written tons of comics before. You know, I, I thought this was such an easy read. And, and it does the thing that other writers struggle with when it comes to throwing in a bunch of alien lore into an issue as exposition and making it not confusing. So many writers do that and it's confusing, and I can't be bothered to understand or remember it all because I'm reading so many books every week. Not a problem with this comic at all for me.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, man. It's it's so good. I think I read in an interview with Jimison where she was uh, prepping for this, and she said she DC gave her all of the John's Omnibuy to read. So uh, it's, to me, <laughs> maybe this is dumb. I don't know, but... For a non-comics person to come in and start writing Green Lantern and just to read that, And I think they. they she said that they gave her some like older stuff too, but th- this doesn't feel beholden to like John's Green Lantern at all in any way. Um, in fact, it's almost kind of like the anti-John's Green Lantern.
0: Well, what I was going to say in is some I, ways, I think sometimes that like, people who are too invested in comics as a con. Uh, People become slaves to continuity, right? And yeah. I feel like maybe if even if you've read a lot of that, if you're not in that continuity is king mindset, you can take inspiration without touching continuity.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I also I also think maybe Far Sector is the chance for for Jemison to write her own story. And then again, like if this character is going to stick around and maybe enter the the normal proceedings of the DCU, I, I hope they do get her to to continue the story. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to, to maybe see her explore some more of that DCU connected stuff in future
0: stories. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I, I guess you know, the one place that that the three of us tend to differ here is I don't think that there's all that much aside from the flashback with her getting the ring for a year. I was not sold on this new lantern as much as you guys were, and that's not to say I I thought it was bad. I just thought we get so little information that it's easy to it's easy for me to write her off as just another Green Lantern. I hope I'm proved wrong by that. I think I will be. I don't think that she's going to remain that way. I just did not feel that that, that was that she was all that compelling of a new character just on the page by herself. I thought that the setting added a lot of intrigue, and I thought that the, the overall tone of the book was really enjoyable, but I don't know how much of that has to do with the new Lantern versus the book itself. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I I think there's I think there's a lot of hints there that I'm very excited about. I think the stuff about the bit that really rang true to me as far as like this is a great bit of characterization is when she compares becoming a lantern and moving to the far sector as somebody moving to New York City and saying like, you know, it takes a year, give it a year and you know whether it's for you or not. And The confidence she has of just saying like, oh, yeah, this is this is for me, you know, Mm -hmm. that's that 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 little feels
1: when he walks to when he sets foot in New York every time.
2: Exactly. When I as soon as I'm almost hit by a taxi and I say I'm walking here, I just I feel so at home again. And I know I I
0: Empire State of Mind on a loop in his uh, earbuds. Yep, And I know I could I could make it there and I could make it anywhere. You go pick up a slice
2: of Sbarro's, you're all said. I love it. Yep. Yep. I just made a real uh, New York dish for dinner tonight. How'd that turn out? I Oh, it was it was gorgeous. Gorgeous. I made the uh, Jean Famous Foods noodles.
0: Did you find that recipe online or in a cookbook or what? I did,
2: yeah. Yeah. Which one, so online t- or in a cookbook? Oh,
0: online. Okay online yeah
2: it's it's quite literally like a copycat recipe for what they do okay oh
0: so good so i uh this is not comics related really but i just got in the mail today my promo copy of the star wars galaxy's edge cookbook so i can make some uh some bantha skewers or whatever they're called and uh yeah blue milk Blue milk is not in there. I was gonna ask. What? No blue milk.
2: Green green titty milk?
0: No, no, no green titty milk either.
2: Can I
0: suggest that in the next volume
2: they do a blue milk egg cream? Oh, there we go. <laughs> that will so, tie the DC three together.
1: Yes. We've uh, gotta we've gotta get on that. We gotta make that ourselves.
2: <laughs> Ooh, yeah. yes. Yeah, we could have one of those uh Subscription box services where we send you six, uh, six blue milk egg creams a month yes. for like an insane price.
0: Yeah. Well, the, we, here's the thing: they're artisanal. Okay. Yep. They're yep. handcrafted. Yep. Of course. Um, <laughs> and don't infringe on any copyrights at all. No, none whatsoever. And you can literally only get these from us. There is no way to make this any way other than paying us thirty nine ninety nine a month. For the DC three cast egg cream subscription service, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, a money maker. It, it's it's a kingmaker, my friend. <laughs> uh, but yeah,
2: anyway, Far th- Sector is really good.
0: I, I I am very excited to read the second issue of this series. Um, yeah. Next big next big thing in comics. Five G all the way. <laughs> alright so let's take a break when we come back we will talk about my favorite two comics of the week ooh, ooh. we already ooh. know what they are
2: yeah we do but ooh
1: subscribe. Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show.
0: And we are back with Superman number 17, written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by Kevin Maguire. Boys, we got some new Krypton going on. (laughs) Yeah, we do. This is, uh,
2: this is again dc3 nipple hardening material
0: there are a couple of moments in this book that are that are very multibane. (laughs) daddy zod
2: zod Zod is daddy now
0: zod oh he is he is
2: so much (laughs) yeah i love how he's like kind of catty it's like the you know, Bendis' voice, like, people complain about it, but sometimes it really works. And, like, I think it really works for a Daddy Zod who is trying to create a new Krypton.
0: Yes, I agree. Um, I also... Re- the, the first multibane scene for me was Superman looking out on the at the world to see if, I, if everything's okay going on. Like, some of the scenes we get, like, we get Shazam walking an old lady across the street... We get Blue Beetle, we get Booster Gold reading a Blue Beetle book. Like, yeah, looks like it's an autobiography, perhaps. Um, We see Aquaman getting water out of his ear. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, is that the Batman
2: Beyond symbol? That's
0: that's what I thought. Yeah, which is which is definitely intentional. There's no way that's an accident. No, Uh, no. Gotta be is is interesting. Yeah.
1: isn't uh we just read Batman Beyond. Isn't
0: uh Terry missing? Well yeah, but But we see where he is. He's he has MDs. Uh, we do. He's Kermit the Fraud oh, in the Love of Manhattan That's right.
1: right now. That, that that's right, that's right. I forgot that he's, that was supposed to be him.
2: He's Rick Grayson. Yeah. He's Rick yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um I can't yeah. believe
1: that's still a thing.
2: So I just so cannot I'll, believe it. me either. so that's clearly the tim drake batman beyond then right oh
1: (laughs) yes
2: proving that brian michael bendis has read has read future 52 futures i
1: guarantee that bendis has read every single thing that dan jurgens has ever written yes
0: yes you're right (laughs) he 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 read all
1: of death of superman (laughs)
0: Maybe not his terrible Teen Titans run from the late 90s that I recently read.
1: Oh, I bet he he read it. He's going to work into Young Justice here in a little bit.
2: He's going to have the Young Justice characters calling one another bodacious babes or whatever they say in that.
0: Here's how we can tell. If all of a sudden everybody starts talking about everybody else's butts, then you know he's (laughs) read that that arc. That is the entire arc. Oh, man. All right, so – couple of things I wanted to point out about this issue besides just the sweet Kevin McGuire art. Oh, wonderful. Kevin McGuire's Superman is like half um, Nathan Fillion, half Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it's 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 a good look. Um, but When I really, Lois is like pulling
2: on his face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: good stuff. Yeah. Um, but I loved in this issue Lois like Lois helping Clark to realize what's going on in his own life, because Superman is so concerned with other people that he, he like didn't put together that he lost his son to the future and his father to the past, and -hmm. you see him start to connect those dots together, and it's just a really, a really nice scene of 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 showing poetic, yeah, of showing, but it also shows just you know who Superman is as a character. And it also shows who Lois is when she's not ready to talk about her father's death yet. Like there there's a lot mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good small character moments here. Um talking about Maguire's
1: art, I feel like we have critiqued artists before, and I think specifically Bendis Comics 2 have a lot of this of reusing the same panels over and over again. But I really love the Star Lab sequence in this, which Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is is three double page layouts with the same panel structure and, and variations on the same images over and over again, but it's done so smartly mm-hmm. and so well. I, I love that sequence. Um it reads really well digitally when they are kind of like overlaying each other. Um gives it almost kind of like a motion comic effect um yeah i i really liked that sequence a lot
2: yeah yeah me too i like how they show up they're having this like secret meeting with dr glory and and superman's like floating above them and they're like ah we're boned yeah
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) this whole comic Um, i thought was was really 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 good
2: Really good. Yeah. Bendis is really nailing Superman as a character. Now, some of the plotting across. I've had a little bit of a problem with some of the plotting across action and some of the stuff that bleeds into Superman and Event Leviathan, like just from a from a pacing or plotting standpoint. But as far as the character goes and all these beats that he's hitting and. The content of the plot more than the structure i really love it like super high praise for bendis's superman i'm gonna this is gonna like when this is all over this is going to have been a very special superman run for me i think
0: kind of echoing what i said about event leviathan this is the type of dc universe i want to read
2: Mm. yes Mm -hmm. well said
0: yeah, because there's there's actual growth, you know,
1: um, with the characters, um, which feels nice. You don't really get that often. Um, I just I just like specifically love the stuff with Zod. That's so good. Um,
0: yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite issue of the week. Um... And I would go a step further here and say that, you know, we've talked about this before, but when Bendis' run started, we were all, I think, more feeling the action stuff than we were the Superman stuff. But I th- for me, that has definitely shifted to be, I am enjoying Superman more than action right now. And I'll say, I think that this, the last few issues of the Superman run have been the best stuff Bendis has done at DC. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yep. Yeah. All right, that brings us to our final book of the week, uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night, number one, written by uh, a guy who I I can honestly say loves 90s comics more than anybody I've ever probably talked to, (laughs) and that is Tim Seeley, and boy does he let that show (laughs) in this issue, and uh, this issue is illustrated by uh, Kyle Hotz. So first of all, we, we have talked a bit about the um the ways in which these Tales from the Dark Multiverse books have gone so far and the the amount that they're willing to go bonkers with things. This is the most bonkers. Yes. <laughs> this comic is absolutely nutty with it. And I love it. Yeah. If yep. you're gonna if you're gonna do blackest night again and you're going to do it differently having the team of like Lobo, Mr. Miracle, Dove and Sinestro that that's that's a nice that's a nice job I love this echoes something you said about
2: Event Leviathan I love when these characters who aren't normally together all that often if ever are put into a team you know, especially when you've got a writer who knows how to comedically bounce them off of one another. Yes. By the By the way, if they ever do a Lobo comic, Tim Seeley should write it.
0: Well, he's writing Bloodshot right now, so he kind of is. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a yeah, good point. <laughs> um, but what, the one thing I wanted to say before I turn this over to you guys is, you know, the first two Tales in the Dark Multiverse books we got were from '90s events, and I didn't feel like those comics particularly felt like the 90s. This is from an aughts event, but this totally feels like a 90s comic, doesn't it? It does. Kyle Hotz, uh compares
2: favorably to
0: Kelly Jones, I
2: think.
1: Yeah, this is very Jones-esque, which goes well with Lobo. Um, you guys want to know my hot take on this about why it's bad?
0: <sighs> Ooh. Ooh.
1: It on. go for it it's, it's because this is the first comic to have saint walker in it in like five years and he doesn't get to do anything except be dead i thought that yeah yeah but that's
0: not on this comic
1: no it, that wasn't a real hot take it was good. Just a
2: joke good um <laughs> i can't believe how little they've done with those various other lantern core
0: yeah. i hate to keep bringing this up St. Walker was part of James Robinson's Justice League. Yeah, yeah, he was,
1: but really just for a minute before Flashpoint mucked it up.
0: Well, that but that's what Flashpoint did.
1: Yeah, mucked everything up. I know it
0: was gonna, oh,
1: it was gonna be great. They he was gonna explore the the interaction between St. Walker's blue ring and Jade's powers, and yep. see he was gonna do that, and. Oh, so much wasted potential.
0: There's that great thing in the last issue where he basically says, "If I got three more arcs, here's what I would have done." <laughs> yeah, where there's like those those battles yep. that he goes through. So yeah.
1: And this is the Multiversity comic, James Robinson, JLA podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you later. Is that what you
2: guys are doing after Watchmen ends?
1: Yeah, probably. No. I do need to reread it sometime. Um. That? What do you it, think of this issue, for reals? I, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, Brian, but I definitely think it's the best of the three Tales of the Dark Multiverse books so far. Um, it, um, I think, I think I maybe was like, a little disappointed in it because it feels way more like a, a Lobo comic than it is a Blackest Night comic to me. Um, I think I, you know, I just remember Blackest Night very fondly and I I was kind of hoping it, I, I was hoping to like see something that was more built on that, it, which I guess like this is very much, I don't know. This just wasn't what I was expecting, but it wasn't bad. It just wasn't. It, it just wasn't what I expected. Um, yeah. But I do like, I do like the team up of this weird, you know, Limbo, Sinestro, Dove, Lobo, Mr. Miracle. That's just wacky. Um, and I thought it was funny how it kind of overlapped a little bit with um two recent things right now it it overlapped a little bit with deceased a little bit and i thought it was kind of i thought it was really funny that um it had a story about the source Source wall breaking through the source wall and (laughs) describing it in a way that's like completely contradictory to what's going on in in justice league right now which i thought was really funny um (laughs) but um yeah, no, I, I think I did I didn't like love it. I wasn't head over heels for it or anything. Um but I I definitely liked it the best of the three uh Black Mult or Dark Multiverse books. Yeah. By a long shot, really.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Talk about events. Uh, um
2: yeah, I love I love the idea of the bu- the the nuttiest thing about it is how it ends because you'll remember that our our criticisms <laughs> yeah. of the last couple of uh, of these were that they ended on really sour notes that almost undermined the story that came before. This one kind of ends on a on a downer note too with Tempest uh, fuguenot kind of like. Uh, Oh, please Sorry, come who? on. If you're gonna say it, say it correctly.
0: I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Fugue. <laughs> of <not>. course <laughs> it is, but we've been saying it one way. And we're gonna keep saying it that way. What's his name? I know.
2: Okay, Tempest Fugain. <laughs> right. I can't That's say right. it without laughing. That's why. That's right. God damn it. Okay. Um, no, but uh, don't censor yourself for the yeah. people. <laughs> but uh, uh, <clears throat> I I love the idea that this new Earth gets populated with a bunch of like the <laughs> variations of Lobo. Yep. That was such a great image. And then that like Sinestro is this limbo lantern God kind of stuck in, still stuck in limbo, you know? Um,
1: yeah. And, and, and Tempest Fuganaut says, you'll, you'll look up and shout, save me. And I'll, and I'll say, and I'll say no.
2: Yeah. I'll say no, man, he's the dang um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The The thing that I, continue to think about these things and i think it even applies to this issue even though i did i did like this quite a bit these are too long there's no reason for these to be like 50 50 pages
0: pages. you could have cut two-thirds of this out it would have been fine
2: yeah yes yeah i very much wish these were like 30 issue or 30 page issues 30 issues (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What well, is this? No, turn the this invasion? into the new futures in. We need this? dark
1: multiverse <laughs> futures in, and it needs yes. to be another 48 issues. Yes. This is
0: like this is the invasion of the inferior five universe. <laughs> absolutely
2: yes, absolutely.
0: Oh, um, oh god. Uh,
2: the 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 one thing that I felt was missing from this story, and it kind of piggybacks on what Zach said. Because, Zach, you wanted to see more of the Blackest Night story retold or maybe twisted on. Reimagined, yeah. Reimagined. I agree. I would have really loved for there to be a segment. One of my favorite parts of Blackest Night was when all these other characters were getting different lantern core rings. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, so like Wonder Woman got... I always forget. Which one she gets. She, she get? was a
0: Star Sapphire.
2: Yeah, she was yeah. a Star Sapphire. So and so on. Flash was a Blue Lantern, I believe.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam was Indigo. The Atom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Scarecrow yep. was uh, Sinestro. Yellow. Luthor was orange. And
1: and Ganthet was the new Green Lantern, which was the biggest cop out. Um,
0: uh, who who was a Red Lantern? Uh, Mira. 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 Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But... I thought the Ganthet thing was fun, but anyway, I would have liked them to reimagine that bit a little bit. Rather than what they kind of do instead is they give you like, okay, this is what this is how Blackest Night ended, and now here's a story about what if it ended a different way. Whereas I would have liked for there to be a little bit more along the way.
0: But that, that's it, kind of that what all sense? three of these have been though. They've been. Like after I, Superman dies, here's what happens. After yes. Batman is broke his back is broken, here's what happens. So yes,
2: you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm just telling yeah. you what I what sure. I want. Sure. I I uh, want yeah,
0: think... a story where Blackest
2: Night is reexamined as a whole more rather than just sure. the 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 ends justify the means. You know,
1: right? Or rather, like this chose to have the breaking point being like Sinestro and the White Lantern stuff. But if the breaking point had been a little bit earlier in the story, maybe you know when that stuff was happening. Sure. And we could have explored more of the like the color core as it's referred to
2: here, which yes, I don't which, know if I don't they've ever was, been called that. No, ever?
0: I was going to ask you guys. It wasn't called that, was it? No, no but I, but I wonder so. if
2: I don't. Uh, I wonder if that's something DC is going to make a thing now. If that's going to be an official termina, because it seems weird for a writer to just come up with that and go with if, it.
1: If Seely wants to write a color core book.
2: Yeah. I just and call wonder... it
1: that. Just I would let him. That'd be fine. Bring it bring it back.
2: Yeah. Um, but I I love the Kyle Hotz art too. I wanna highlight that. Um, because Hotz did oh, he did some other story recently. I don't yeah, think we I actually talked up, about I'm the book on Good.
0: Go ahead and talk.
1: You know, it feels really hypocritical that you like this, but not Kelly Jones. <laughs> well, it's better than Kelly
0: Jones. That's why. Fuck it's, you. It's a,
2: better, it's a better version of what Mr.
0: Jones does. Um, Wait a minute. Mr. Jones and me? <laughs> I want to be Bob Dylan. So, <laughs> well, Mr. Jones wishes he was someone just a little more funky, obviously.
2: Well, when everybody loves you, man, that's just about as funky as you can be. <laughs> Zach, you know that one?
0: Are no. you
2: too young for that? Yes. Oh, Christ. God, come on. All right, we got it. So but guys I'm gonna...
1: also not as cultured in the world of music as you oh, are. Counting Crows, as, yes. As, <laughs> as we've seen.
2: Zach, you guys have uh, Brian and Zach watch The Watchmen. We're, Br- Zach, you and I are going to have Vince and Zach count the
0: crows. <laughs> hey, raise your hand if in the last year you've seen Counting Crows in concert. <laughs> I'm raising my hand. <laughs> So, I
2: cannot, I cannot say that. Did you see them on the, the? They were touring with um. With live. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I got we're, a free ticket. That's why I went. Okay.
2: Was that from the Ticketmaster thing? Yes, it
0: was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Same reason when, I saw Smashing Pumpkins in the Year of Our Lord 2018. <laughs> so, uh, so to, to answer your question, Kyle Hotz recently did an issue of Tech um yes yes
2: that was it and it was really good really the art was really good anyway
0: he's a couple issues he did two issues of tech he's also mm-hmm. been doing some venom and uh absolute carnage stuff at marvel and it looks like he did the first few issues of the man without fear series at marvel earlier this year
2: oh sure yep, um, yep. yeah he's really good um
0: he's been working for way longer than i thought
2: he had some Hellblazer stuff when I read, did my Hellblazer yeah. read-through. His
0: first published work was in
2: 1992. Yeah. It's crazy. Multiversity Breakout Artist of the Year. <laughs>
0: uh, he, he has been working for over three years, therefore he's not eligible for the breakout artist category.
2: I know, I know. Um, yeah, anyway, this was a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know if I loved it. I don't know if it was one of my favorite issues of the week and what was a really good week for DC Comics, but... Uh, I liked
0: it a lot. Uh, My last word on this is going to be just, if we're going to get retreads of old stories, if we're going to get dark retreads of old stories, sign me up for tongue-in-cheek, weird, funny, dark. Mm -hmm. And that's what this one was, and the other two were not. And so that is why this 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 worked so well for me. I am all for going back and revisiting stuff, as long as we're going back and revisiting stuff in a fun way. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for this week. Does anyone have next week's comics pulled up yet? Because I I do if you don't. I do. Okay, well, lay it on us, Vince. What's coming out next? All right.
2: We got Aquaman, Batman, Batman, and Superman. Batman White Knight presents Von Freeze, I guess. That Uh... sounds
0: like a burlesque show.
2: (laughs) Uh, We got Dial H for Hero. We've got Flash Forward. We've got He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number one. We've got Infected Scarab. We've got Justice League. We've got Lucifer. We've got Metal Men. We've got Nightwing. We've got The Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage. Uh, We've got Supergirl, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Teen Titans and Titans, Burning Rage, and Wonder Woman come back to me. I don't know if we usually read those, but we, we read That's like okay.
0: in is part of the list. Yeah, um, I think we well do. they are
2: on, they are on the Walmart list. Yeah, so they're on the Walmart list
0: exactly. Um, if you need to find two thirds of us on Twitter, you can. I am at Brian And I am at Wilker Fox. If you need to find Vince, he is uh, shouting epithets about the Watchmen TV series, of which he's watched one episode.
2: (laughs) I never said any epithets.
0: Yet. Yet. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this fun week of comics. And we'll be back next week. What is a tanuki suit if not a clan robe?